From the Financial Times in London, I'm Matthew Vincent and this is FT News. In a few months' time, the oil industry will step up the process of dismantling rigs in the North Sea. It is expected to become a wave of decommissioning as explorers struggling with low prices shut down production and pack up one of the UK's most successful industries of the past 50 years. Already, the British offshore oil and gas industry is plugging and abandoning more wells than it drills. And between now and the mid-2050s, around 470 platforms will have to be removed from the North Sea. Some say that workers who have spent a lifetime in the industry are going through a grieving process. But what will the overall impact be on the companies? and the wider community involved. To explain all, I have been joined by the FT's energy correspondent, Kieran Stacey, and Lex writer, Alan Livesey. Kieran, this seems like a huge and enormously costly process. How much is it going to cost companies? Well, we don't know exactly, but as you say, we know it's going to be huge. So the estimates we've got at the moment, Oil & Gas UK is the industry body for offshore drillers, it thinks that over the next 10 years, it'll cost £17 billion to take down around 80 platforms. The whole job, all 470 platforms, estimates range between £30 billion and £60 billion. So we are talking about a huge sum of money and a huge project that needs to be managed here. And this is a very big bill for companies who right now can probably least afford it, given the oil prices are you know, still historically very low. Yeah, oil companies are really suffering. The oil they drill out of the ground, especially in the North Sea, is not covering costs. So this is a time when the industry is cash-strapped and they're really facing a very difficult choice. Do they carry on and make a loss or do they simply pack up and suddenly have to take on millions and millions of pounds worth of costs? One of the things that they're struggling with is the estimate for how much it's going to cost keeps going up. Alan was talking to Wood McKenzie, I think, who have recently tripled the amount they think it's going to cost to decommission 38 large platforms that they monitor. Yeah, I mean, it was in 2004, they made an estimate at about four billion pounds. And now that's gone up to 12 billion. And that was just up to 2014. So maybe costs have gone up even more. The message we're getting from consultants and others is it tends to cost a lot more than you expect, but we don't have a big enough sample set to be able to see what the pattern is. So it will unfold over time. Yeah, I'm not a consultant to cut an estimate of costs. Uh, but uh, in terms of how this cost is shared out, I mean, Kieran, you've talked about the burden for companies. Alan, who else pays? The government has already agreed to cover some of these costs, and that is an issue that is a concern because the taxpayer will end up having to foot some of this bill. That's accepted in order to help the industry grow over time. Remember, the companies have provisioned a certain amount for abandonment of these fields over time, so it's nothing new. But if the cost is higher than anticipated, well, I think we've done some estimates. Karen was looking at it. There's up to £1,000 per household over the next uh, two or three decades. It may not sound like a lot, but again, we're, we're getting into sort of cost of a nuclear submarine yeah. program, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. so at the moment, the government's agreed to foot about 50% of this bill through tax breaks. That could rise. Lots of companies are trying to push the Treasury to go a little bit further, to offer more generous incentives. They say the reason for that is, look, lots of these companies are facing going bust. They simply will not be able to afford to pay for what we want them to do, which is take everything out of the sea. 
So they're going to go to the Treasury. They're going to say, look, can you just give us a little bit extra? Then we can do what we expect. The Treasury, as you would expect, are desperately trying to hold their ground. One thing the government has in its favour is the regime in the North Sea means that if you have ever owned a platform, you can be liable for the decommissioning costs. So let's say a small company that has bought a platform off BP goes bust and isn't able to afford decommissioning. BP then has to stump up some of that bill. So the government's designed it quite cleverly to make sure that somebody will be there along the chain to pay for this. But the fact is, you know, with so many companies losing money, it may be that ministers come under pressure to be a bit more generous. You mentioned that the government has a requirement that environmental issues are addressed. What are the environmental impacts of leaving rigs, equipment, in the sea and how much do they actually have to remove? Well technically they have to remove everything so there is a group of countries that got together to form what are called the OSPAR rules which govern the whole of the northeast Atlantic and say you have to take every single thing out of the seabed you have to leave it as you found it. Those were actually drawn up if listeners remember after the Brent Spa controversy so Shell were trying to dump this platform Brent Spa. Greenpeace got very, very angry about this and ended up with Greenpeace activists occupying the Brent Spa platform out at sea. And in the end, Shell had to take it elsewhere. I think part of it lies at the bottom of a Norwegian fjord at the moment. After that, several governments got together and said, we can't have this again. We're going to say to producers, you have to take everything out. Now producers are saying, well, wait a second. Not only is that really expensive, but it might not be very good for the environment. What we could do, and this is what they do in the States, for example, is leave some of the rigs behind and get them to turn into reefs, essentially. So huge amount of material has actually grown on this concrete that has been left in the seabed over the course of, say, 50 years. Would it disturb the environment more if you tried to wrench all that out? So that is, for example, what Shell is likely to do for the rest of the Brent system. I think there was one field where they did start taking stuff out and they found quite rare coral reef had grown on there. And of course, as soon as you move it, it dies. So there are lots of producers saying this will be much more damaging. Please let us leave stuff behind. There are lots of environmentalists looking at that sceptically and saying, well, that might suit you to say that, but we're not really sure of that case. It's just not that black and white is the issue here. Exactly. And even if some rigs are allowed to turn into coral reefs, we're still talking about hundreds being removed. And presumably there's an awful lot of work involved here. And so some companies are going to benefit. Yeah. Which sort of companies do you think? Well, let's just try to imagine what we're dealing with here. And the structures of the most, the heaviest, the biggest platforms, they will have essentially two major parts, this jacket on the bottom that could be surrounded by concrete. Um, It's very, very heavy. There's huge amounts of tonnage involved. Then there'll be a top side where the pumps, the equipment, the men would have sat. And that needs to be sliced away and taken away by very specialist vessels, one of which we mentioned in the piece Pioneering Spirit. I think it's owned by All Seas. So there are companies that specialize in, A, taking this stuff away, specialist lift vessels, lift it up. If you can imagine Cantor leaving this thing up on a sort of catamaran, and then slowly guiding that off to a port for demolition. And they just break it up as they would break up uh, any ship. And some of this is being done currently in Hartlepool, and I think there'll be a number of ports in the northeast of the United Kingdom that will benefit. And of the specialist companies that will be involved in this, are there any in particular that are sort of looking forward to a bit of a mini bonanza out of taking these things um, away? Able, uh, UK, is uh, is doing some work already in this area. And again, there are others that will probably come on later, maybe the Dutch Harema, 
which does some of this demolition work. So I think we'll see more and more as the projects come up and there'll be plenty of bidding. So we'll probably see a migration of workers away from one type of business of building out the North Sea the way it was in 20, 30 years ago to slowly uh, bringing it down to smaller size. But for the people who've been working in the offshore oil and gas industry, often for a large part of their lives, this will be tremendous upheaval. I mean, you mention in your piece this notion of a grieving process that the sort of human impact is going to be enormous. It's devastating. It really is upsetting. I think if you've spent your life building up and then maintaining such a huge industry, I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of people who work in oil and oil-related industries up in the northeast of Scotland. If you've spent your life doing that, to be told that the taps are going to be turned off is really difficult to adjust to. So I spoke to a man called Ian Sharp, who's chairman of a company called Fairfield Energy. Now, Fairfield only has one platform. It's called Dunlin out in the North Sea. They told their staff last May that they were going to turn the taps off and decommission the platform. And, and Ian said it was really, really tough. And workers went through the grieving stages. So he said at first, you know, they denied it was going to happen. They were convinced that the company was going to change its mind. Then they were angry. Then they tried to bargain with them, right? What can we give up to get you to carry on? Then they got depressed about it. And now finally, they're beginning to accept that this is the decision that's been made. Some of them will get jobs in decommissioning, particularly the people who built the rigs will then be employed to take them back down. That is a psychological adjustment, destroying something that, you know, that's an activity that's not going to generate economic activity of its own apart from what it does. Unemployment in Aberdeen is going up. Well, and there's new figures coming out later this week, which are going to show quite how severe the downturn has been in Aberdeen. We're talking about thousands and thousands of jobs lost. And clearly, you know, the decommissioning work is not coming on fast enough to soak up all of that. So this is going to be felt for many years, it sounds like for now Kieran and Alan thank you very much indeed and for more on the enormous decommissioning project that is taking place in the North Sea oil industry do visit ft.com forward slash oil